Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. You that recognize that God is great. Look at somebody and say, our God is great. Come on, look at somebody and say, our God is awesome. Amen. And we certainly appreciate the Lord on today, amen, for another day that he's allowed us to be alive. Look at somebody and say, I thank God that I'm alive. Amen. We bless the Lord on this morning for another opportunity to come and worship the Lord. God has certainly been good to us, and we don't ever want to be guilty of not giving the Lord the praises that's due his name. Amen. Because certainly he's worthy of the praises, he's worthy of the honor, and he's worthy of the glory. Whether or not you know, whether you know it or not, you're not here by on your own. Amen. But it's simply by the grace and the mercy of God that we are still here. So we certainly thank God for that. We want to welcome our online audience for being with us on this morning. Give the Lord a praise for our online audience. Amen. We certainly thank God. And, and, and let me change that terminology, not my, our online audience, our online family. Amen. We certainly appreciate the Lord for you on this morning being with us as always. And you are certainly a part of the Our Father's House family here in the city of Orangeburg, South Carolina. And uh, um, we just love God for what he is doing in our lives. Uh, uh, God is doing some things. And, and I can see God positioning the body of Christ for greater things that he's getting ready to do. My encouragement to every one of us on this morning is that we will get on board with what God is doing. We see the things that are happening in our world. We see the things that are happening in our nation. But it's only, amen, uh, 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 the stage is being set for a great move of God. Amen. So we certainly believe that we're getting ready to see some great things happening in the body of Christ. Father, we bless you on today. We thank you for your presence that's here on today. Instead, in your word, we're two or three gathered together in your name. You're in the midst. So we thank you, Father, for being here with us on today. And I believe that you have something for us. God, it's not because of who I am, but simply because you are God. And I believe that you want to speak to our hearts on this morning. We move ourselves out of the way. We ask you that you would have your way, that you will speak to our hearts, that the power of your Holy Spirit will move in this room on today and those that are listening. And every heart and every ear, God, would hear that, that you have to speak to us on this morning. We bless you for it. We commit this time into your hands right now. And God, I pray, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And the people of God say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody as you're being seated and say, God has something for you today. Amen. We certainly thank God, as we said earlier, for the opportunity to be here in the house of the Lord. Amen. I can't think of any place I'd rather be right now than in God's house and in his presence. The Bible said in the presence of the Lord, what there's fullness of joy and at his right hand, there are what pleasures 
forevermore. So if I would have to choose where I would prefer being on today, it would be right here in the presence of the Lord. Amen. So we certainly thank God for this on today. I, I want to share a word with us on today that God has placed in my heart to share with you um, as we continue to move progressively inside of the thing that God has ordained for us. One thing that I want to continue to encourage us as believers is that God is always progressing. He's always moving. He's always building us up. Amen. And uh, um, I believe that as we open ourselves up to the things of God, we will find ourselves moving progressively into the things that God has ordained for our lives. I don't know about you, but I don't want to ever find myself at one place and look back last year and say, I'm the same place now that I was last year. Amen. If I'm going to be in God, I want to be able to say, God, I'm better now than I was last year. Amen. Because that's how God works. So we believe that God want to continue to do something in our lives. Let's go to the book of Genesis, the third chapter, and uh, the first verse. And then we're also going to go to Matthew, the 14th chapter. Mark, I'm sorry, Mark, the 14th, fourth chapter. Genesis 3, 1 through 6, and Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark. I don't know why I want to go to Matthew. Mark, the fourth chapter, and start at the 14th verse. Let's go into Genesis first. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, the third chapter, and the first verse says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. And God, for God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for good, good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. I want you to look at that conversation between the serpent and Eve in the garden. Very important dialogue that we need to understand. But before we go back there, let's go to Mark, the fourth chapter, and the 14th verse. And this is the parable of the sore. The 14th verse says, The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside, where the word is sown. 
But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in them. And so endure but for a time. Afterwards, when affliction and, or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts for other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some an hundred. As we look at these particular scriptures on today, I want us to see a common factor inside of each of these scriptures. Uh, first of all, you see, the word of God. God spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden and told them what he was going to do. God sent the sword to sow seeds. But also we see inside of these scriptures also the presence of Satan. Satan loved coming to church, y'all. Satan loved coming to church. I want to talk to us just for a few minutes on this particular subject, Satan's attack on the word. Satan's attack on the word. The devil does not like the word. He don't like the word. He understands the power of God's word. I, I want you to really hear God on this morning because, because I believe that God wants to take us someplace that if we could just see the wiles of the devil and understand what he's trying to do, it would also provoke us to get to a place that we don't allow the devil to rob us of those things that God had ordained for our lives. And I want you to understand something that many times we find ourselves under attack. Okay. But let me show you the main focus that the devil is after when he attacks you is not you, but it's the word that's in you. If he could just get you to change your mind about the word of God, then now he is successful. Many times... The devil will let you get what you want. He'll let you do what you want to do as long as you don't embrace the word. Because he understands the power of the word. The devil was there from the beginning. <laughs> and the devil saw the power of, war, of the word of God working even when God stepped out on nothing and only his word created a world. The Bible said, and the Lord spoke. And things came into existence. The devil saw that and he saw the power of the word of God. And he understood all God's got to do is speak. 
And everything that God spoke to, when they responded, something happened. But then now the devil was standing by in the second chapter of Genesis when God created man. And he said to the, uh, 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 the Trinity that was working with him, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And he said, let us make man in our image and what? After our likeness. And let us give them dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and the beast of the field. We're going to allow them to have dominionship in the earth realm. The devil was standing there. He was, he was somewhere listening to what God was saying. And the devil understood now God's word is awesome. These folk really embrace what God says? Something's going to happen. So what the devil did, the devil came in to attack Eve. No. He didn't come to attack Eve. He came to attack the word that was spoken to Eve. His first agenda was haven't God said, didn't God say this? <laughs> we'll get back to that later on, but I want you to think in your heart. How many times in your walk with God had the devil accosted you, said, did God really say that? that's really not what God means. Let me, let me show you what God really means. You see, the devil realizes <laughs> that if he can get us to be ignorant of what God says, let me show you, I want you to understand because you, you got to get this today. If the devil can get you to become ignorant or to be ignorant of what God says, or to misinterpret what God says. Or to disobey what God says. Or even disregard what God says. He understands that if he could get you in any of those arenas, he got you at a place where you will be hindered or you will forfeit the plan of God for your lives. He understands now that what God says, it'll come to pass as long as you're obeying. But if you don't understand it, if he can get you ignorant, why is it that you think the devil fights so hard to keep the body of Christ ignorant of the word of God? I can't go where I don't know. So the devil will fight you in understanding what the will of God is for your lives. Can I share something with you? The devil is afraid of what we can become in God. Let me say that again. The devil is afraid of what we 
can become in God. So you, you, you don't understand something. The devil studies the word. He understands. And the devil, contrary to what we believe, the devil didn't just come on the scene last week or last year or when you were born. The devil was, has been dealing with this from the beginning of creation. And the devil understands now if these folk can really just buy into what God is saying. They're going to be awesome. See, the devil has experienced that. He experienced it. He experienced it with Abraham. You remember when Abraham in the 12th chapter of uh, Genesis and God pulled Abraham aside and said, Abraham, I want you to leave your kindred and I want you to leave your country and I want you to go into a land that I'm going to lead you to. But he said, I, what I want you to know now that I'm going to use you, Abraham, to raise up a nation and through your seed, all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. Look at your neighbors that the devil heard that. Let me show you something. Every time a word is spoken to you, the devil hears it. The devil sits in church and he watches you and he sees and he also hears what you hear. Every time a word of prophecy is spoken to you, the devil hears that. So now the devil hearing what God spoke to Abraham and he understood, now see, as I said, the devil understand the power of the word. He understood, now, wow, my God's going to raise up a whole nation that's going to walk in his will. And, and, and he called his people. I got to stop that. So the devil now got into it and, and tried everything he could. You, you, you know the story. I'm not going to go through the story. But he tried everything he could to interfere with the fulfillment of God's word to Abraham. Whatever God has called you to do, whatever God has ordained for your lives intimidates the devil. It intimidates him. And he realizes if you were to get into it and you are a threat to his kingdom. I, I taught uh, uh, during the time that I was teaching on spiritual warfare, understanding spiritual warfare. And inside of that lesson, I, I told you all that the devil, one thing the devil realizes is that a well-informed, a knowledgeable, and growing believer is a threat to his kingdom. So the devil does not want the body of Christ to be informed. He will send everything but the word of God or try to distort it or misrepresent it in order now that we won't bear the fruit of what God is saying. The word of God is always designed to bring forth fruit. 
It ain't designed to make you excited or make you happy. It's designed to bring forth fruit. So the devil will do everything he can to cause that word of God to be misrepresented, misunderstood, or disregarded. Why? Because he's afraid of the fruit. The devil knows that God has spoken concerning your life, concerning your life, Andrea, concerning your life, Dale, concerning your life, Sean. The devil understands that, and the devil understands if they were to ever get a hold of that, he said about Kandorokobiasa. Devil realizes that they will become a threat to what he's trying to do. Every one of you all I named, and all of you that are here, and those of you that are listening, don't you realize? In the arena that God has placed you in, God has ordained that you make an impact in those lives. Amen. That God want to use you and flow through you to touch their lives. The devil realizes that. The devil understands that. So he don't want you to, first of all, he don't want you to really buy into that. I'm just a struggling believer. Uh, you know, uh, I just want God to help me pay my bills. I just want God to take care of me. God said, I'll do that. But God said, I have a plan and a purpose for your lives. God said, I want your life to touch folk. I want you, as you walk through the earth, I want your life to impact others. The devil don't want you to do that. And let me share something with you. <laughs> your impact, your impact, your impact in the earth is just as powerful as my impact standing behind this pulpit. Come on. See, a lot of times we feel, and see, that's how the devil distorts the word. A lot of times we feel that the only impact in the earth and in the body of Christ is happening from behind this pulpit. No, our responsibility is to train you and help build you up so that you can be an impact inside of your arenas of influence. I don't go into your home. I'm not on your job. I'm not in the stores where you do a walk or doing your shopping or whatever during the week. That's where God want to use you to touch folks' lives. But if I don't believe that, if I don't hear that, if I misinterpret what God is saying, then now what I am, I'm just one now. And we'll get into that later. Just hearing the word is not having the effectual working in my life. The devil has launched an attack against the word. The word of God. I want us to see something here. I shared with you the devil is always listening to hear what God is saying. Anybody ever heard a word from the Lord, whether it was doing the preaching or whether it's a direct word of prophecy or you're reading the word. Anybody ever heard, ever heard a direct word from the Lord? 
the devil heard it too. Okay. He's always listening. You know what? The devil monitors. Let me show you. He monitors um, our disposition in church. He monitors whether or not you're hearing and receiving. He, he monitors all of that. <laughs> See, the devil may understand this. So he, he may understand this, that I, the preacher, may be radical inside of my delivering what God said. You know, I, I know he's going, if God tell him, he's going to say it. Okay. And he may, to a certain extent, say, okay, well, I'm going to back off of that. Because I know he's going to say it. And if I mess with him, he'll say more than I really want him to say but what he does here, monitor y'all that's hearing. He discerns your intake and your comprehension of what's being said. And then now he strategizes his involvement in your life to now get you not to embrace. Hmm got to see this, what God is saying. <laughs> Look at the devil when he approached Eve. He understood what was said. Okay. He didn't go to Adam. And this is not to imply that Adam was stronger than Eve. But he said, I, I'm going to challenge the area that I could be most effective in. Because the same word came to Adam that came to Eve. But he said, now what I'm going to do, let me show you something. If I can get to Eve, then Eve will get to Adam. The Bible said Adam was not deceived inside of the transgression. Eve was deceived because Eve sat there and what listened to the dialogue that Satan was delivering unto him. Let me share something with you. Let me share. The Bible tells us in Corinthians that we are not ignorant of, the, of Satan's devices. But I want you to understand something. That was a testimony that Paul himself was declaring to the church of Corinth because of his leadership. But I want you to understand that we as believers ought to get to the same place that we too are not ignorant of the devil's devices. He's got many devices that he uses to throw us off. Come on. We have to keep ourselves in line so that when he comes, we can discern. Because he comes deceitfully, but carefully and with strategy. <laughs> what did he say to Eve? Haven't God said 
you, you, you love the word. You love it when God says something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't God say? Didn't, didn't God say this? Hmm. God help me today. Let me show you what God really meant. See, Eve's first mistake was that she's listening to something separate and apart from what God says. See, the devil knows the word. He knew exactly what God said. He knew. That's why he came with the word. But then what he did, he threw his little twist in there to throw him off course. Let me show you. See, the devil is shrewd. The devil is strategic. He's not going to come to you with a whole lot of blatant uh, 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 disregard for the word. He'll come right to you with the word of God. He'll come to you with the word of God. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, God said, you know, you know, the Bible said men ought always to pray. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And you see those folk over there bothering you? Pray. He'll come with the word, but he'll put his twist in it. Not to cause you to feel comfortable with his so-called wisdom. And Eve made the mistake of sitting there and listening to the devil. Look at your neighbor and say, don't listen to the devil. I don't care who you are. And, and, and for the sake of this particular arena, I'll start with me. If I listen to the devil long enough, he knows how to deceive even me. No. He knows how to go right into this word here that I love so dearly. He knows how to go right into this word and pull scriptures out of context and twist the word of God over here and twist the word over here in such a way now that I'm still thinking that I'm preaching the word, that I'm, but I'm still leading the people off course. Come on. He knows how to do that. So we have to make sure now that we don't allow ourselves to be taken off by the devil's wiles. The Bible says in Mark, the fourth chapter, concerning the parable of the sower, the Bible said, the sower sowed the seed. Okay, and in case you missed that, the seed is the word of God. Okay, yeah, I need you to understand this. The sower have a desire of producing a harvest. Okay, but now in order to produce a harvest, the sower must sow seed. So yeah. You never produce and harvest without seed. You never produce the desired harvest without the particular seed that you won't harvest it. 
I'm not going to produce a tomato harvest if I'm, if I'm planting cucumber seeds. Come on, I need you to see this here. As he began, Jesus began to teach this parable, he said, now, the sower sows the seed. And the seed is the word of God. He was talking about the kingdom of God now. And he said, the thing that's going to produce kingdom-minded people must be the word of God. I don't care who we are, starting right here from this pulpit. I don't care who we are. If you want to see the manifested purpose of God in the earth, we must start with the word of God. We must sow the seed of the word of God. Not my intellect, not philosophies, not politics, but we must sow the word of God. If you want to see holy folk, preach the word. If you want to see people walking inside of righteousness, preach the word of God. So here Jesus said, first of all, the sower sowed seed, which is the word of God. <laughs> you know what uh, uh, God, uh, not God, Paul told Timothy, Paul told Timothy this, put, it, put this up on the screen for me. In, in Timothy, 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, in the first verse. Put that up in the Amplified if you can. I want you to see here what God is saying. You see, you see, if there's going, if there's going to be growth in our lives as relates to God, you got to hear the word. You got to hear the word. If we want growth in our churches, I'm not talking about numerical growth because we can build a church numerically by preaching everything but the word of God. Come on. But if you want to see growth in your churches, when I say growth, I'm talking about folk that's growing up into the statue of Christ Jesus. You gotta preach the word of God. I could have a church with five thousand folk and only twenty-five that's really walking in the word of God. Come on. But look at what Paul told Timothy in Second Timothy, the fourth chapter. <laughs> And, and, and I want you to see this here now because this is on the heel of what Paul was telling Timothy in the third chapter. Remember the Timothy, the third chapter, and the 16th verse, he said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. All the word of God is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. This is what the word of God is designed to do. Okay, it is profitable for these things. And he said that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. In other words, if you want to uh, uh, be one that is producing good work, you got to have this word of God because it's profitable for doctrine. If you want to understand what the will of God is, you find it in the word of God. It's profitable for reproof. If you want to challenge what's going on in an individual's life that's contrary to the word of God, take the word of God. It's profitable for corrections and it's profitable for instructions in righteousness. Why? So that now when we are delivering, when we are ministering, when we are building up our folk, 
spoke, we, we will, our, our messages will be inside of the will of God. But then now I want you to look at the fourth chapter here. And Paul went on to the fourth chapter, the same conversation. Now he's talking to Timothy. He said, I charge, I solemnly charge you, Timothy, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is judge, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearance and his kingdom, hallelujah, preach the word. Look at what he said. Preach the word. He said, Timothy, you're an evangelist. You're a servant of the Lord. He said, preach the word. He said, as an official messenger, you are a messenger of God. You're not a messenger of the people, nor are you a messenger of the state. You are a messenger of God. So preach the word. He said, now, <laughs> look at what it said. He said, be ready when the time is right and even when it is not. Keep your sense of urgency, whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable, whether convenient or inconvenient, whether welcome or unwelcome. Don't let anybody or anything cause you to preach anything but the word. Okay. He said, now correct those who err in doctrine or behavior, warn those who sin, exhort and encourage those who are growing towards spiritual maturity with inexhaustible patience and faithful teaching. He said, now, he said, this is what I want you to do, Paul, Timothy. He said, now, listen, and the reason why I want you to do that, listen to this. He said, for the time will come. When <laughs> folk come into church, they will come, the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instructions. The time is going to come, Timothy, when you'll go to church and folk want to hear everything but the word of God. Come on. The time will come when the enemy is going to dilute and, and misrepresent uh, 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 the kingdom of God and the purpose of God so much that when you go to church, Folk don't want to hear the word. Preach something to make me feel good. Preach something to make me shout and get emotional. You, you, you know, that's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear a word that's going to challenge my walk or challenge me inside of my walk. I, I don't want to hear that. You come in and you preach, well, help them, Lord. Help them, Lord. Come on. He said, the time is going to come when folk will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instructions that challenge them with God's truth. He said, but watching what wanting to hear, have, wanting to have their ears tickle with something pleasing. Let me show you something. The devil challenges us as ministers come on that's why this word is so awesome the devil challenges us as ministers that when you go make sure you don't make, make sure you preach something that's going to make them feel good now I can know God, God could put it in my heart 
where the people are and where they need to be enlightened. But I, I, I mean, no, okay, you know, that's going to challenge coffee. And, 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 and uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You know, so the devil will come in and challenge. Well, 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 well you know, don't, don't, don't make it sound so bad. And, and that's good in its place. But don't challenge me to dilute the truth. See, the devil would challenge you to dilute the truth in order now to, you know, you don't want to be, come on. You got to hear the word of God. Come on. Don't let these situations cause you not to preach the word of God in its purity. He said, but wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing, they will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, chosen to satisfy their own desires to support the error that they hold and will turn their ears away from the truth and will wander off into myths and man-made fictions and will accept the unacceptable. Paul challenged Timothy now. Paul said, Timothy, listen, I'm raising you up. Timothy was one of Paul's protégés. He said, Paul, Timothy, now, you, 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 you got responsibility before you, but now I want you to remember now your responsibility is to preach the word because that's what's going to grow the folk. That's what's going to bring them into the heart and the mind of the Father. Now, many of them are not going to want to hear it. He said, but don't let that deter you. Keep preaching the word. Be instant when? In season and out of season. Let me share this with you. I would rather preach a word to you now that would challenge you and even to the point of possibly offending you and that word help you get on course than to preach something that you want to hear, and then now you go out here three months later, six months later, a year later, the devil trip you up and take you out. Then now, I have not given you what God wanted you to have in order to stand. Come on. So he said, now preach the word. Now let me show you this. That's so very important that we preach the word. But let me show you uh, another side to that. <laughs> Is your reception of the word. Okay. I can preach the word. Okay. That's a part of the plan is to preach the word. But the other part of the plan, or I should say another part of the plan, is those of you that are hearing the word, what are you doing with it? Okay? Inside of the same parable here now, uh, uh, Jesus said, the sower sowed the seed. And Jesus said, after I looked at it, it was the word of God. It was the word of God that was being sown. But he said, now what I saw I saw different mentalities upon which the word of God fell. 
I can preach the word of God with conviction and with the understanding that this is what God wants me to hear. But if you in your position are not in a position to receive the word of God on good ground, then now you can forfeit the effect of that word. Look at what the word of God said. He said, some fell where? On the wayside. He said, it was the word of God. It didn't change the word of God for either of those. He said, the, the soul showed the word. He said, but some of that word fell on the wayside. <laughs> I wonder how many wayside hearers we have. Not just in this congregation, but in the body of Christ. How many wayside hearers we have coming to church every Sunday morning? What do you mean wayside? Boy, can't pay no attention to what you're saying. They're not here to hear no word. They're just here. You, 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 you see folk, uh, you know, and, and I've seen it. You see folk in the church, uh, they got their phones. You know, come on. Well, well, you know, we're online now, so I'm just following it online. <laughs> folk come to church to find out what folk are wearing. You know, all kinds of mentalities. That's wayside hearers. You're not even really hearing what the word is saying. You can ask some folk after the word, after the message, after service, what did the preacher read? Uh, um, I don't know. I, I remember him saying something about, you know, hallelujah, and, and, and thank you, Jesus. But, you know, the Bible said those that hear it on the wayside, you know, they hear the word of God, but immediately Satan comes and takes it up. Don't even give you a chance to really see what God is saying. How can that word be effective in your lives if the enemy immediately comes and takes it? Then there are those now that hear the word of God that been styled as those that receive it on what? Stony ground. <laughs> Stony ground. You ever try to plant a seed on rocks? It takes a foolish man to say, I want a, I want a, 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 a crop, but I'm going to plant it out here on, in the stones. No, you got to remove the stones. Those that hear it and receive it on stony ground, the Bible said they hear it and even get happy about it. Oh, wow, that sounds good. Oh, yes, that's, oh, yeah, my. But because they have not cultivated or allowed the ground to be cultivated, it doesn't go in a way. It doesn't take root. The word of God must take root in your heart in order for it to produce. I don't care how much you plant seeds and plant a garden. If, you don't, if it does not go down far enough to take root, it's not going to produce. You can find some that will that'll produce, you know, just you throw a little bit. But because it has, doesn't have any root deeper, what happens is the minute things start happening, it dies out. Come on. I wonder how many of us, we hear the word of God and, and get it, oh, wow, that's good. Oh, my God, Bishop, that's the word. That's good. That's good. But don't spend time enough to let that word get in your heart. 
See, just landing on your ear is one thing, but getting it in your heart is when it's going to produce. David said, thy word have I what? Hid where? In my heart, not in my head. I hid it in my heart because that's what's going to bring forth the fruit of righteousness. So we have to be careful now that when we're hearing the word of God, we got to allow that word to take root. And then the Bible goes on to say, then there are those that hear it that are styled as thorns, thorny, thorny Christians. What do you mean, Bishop? Those folks that got a whole lot going on in their lives. <laughs> well, I can't help it if this is happening in my life and, and that's happening. I, I can't help that. Okay, that may be true. But the Bible says this, said those that hear it, that are styled as thorny Christians, you hear it, and even to a certain degree to receive it. But the cares of life, <clears throat> it didn't say life, because life happens to all of us. Come on, I don't care who you are. Life happens to all of us. You may look at me preaching this word of God, but believe you me, life happens to me too. Things happen to me that are designed to challenge my walk with God. Come on. So life happens to all of us, but that's not the problem. It's the cares. How do you feel about life? How do you feel about what's going on in your life? What kind of attention are you giving to those things? Do you place the word of God above what you're dealing with and what you're going through? Or do you now place that situation, oh, my God, oh, this is so difficult. This is so big. I know what God's word said, but my God, you don't know what I'm dealing with. The cares of this life will choke out the power of the word of God. You heard it, you know it's true, but when the cares of life come, when you start caring about this and, and being overwhelmed by this, the Bible said, be careful for nothing. Don't be worried about anything. But the, when, when I begin to overwhelm, the Bible said, don't be overcharged with surfeiting. Don't get a whole lot of stuff going on in your heart because it'll choke the power of the word. Come on. Is that the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches? <laughs> That's what the word said, y'all. That ain't what I said. That's what the word said. The Bible said, the cares of this life, <laughs> let me read that. And the cares of this life, of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust for other things. But everybody want to have a good life. Okay, that's fine. Sure, I do too. He said the lusts for other things. You know what a lust is? A lust is an overwhelming desire that would challenge you to bypass the word of God in order to get it. Come on. A lust for other things. God, I want that. Okay, now let me put this aside right here. Let me put this aside because I, I want that. Anything that would challenge the word of God in your life in order to get it becomes a lust. 
I, I want you to see here now because this is what the devil is using to cause us not to be effective inside of our walk with God or render the word of God ineffective as we receive it. I don't care what's going on in your lives. I don't care how difficult things may be in your life. Never allow situations and circumstances to take precedence over the word of God. The Bible says in Corinthians said, for our light affliction, the things that we are going through, the things that we are dealing with, uh, the bills not being paid, uh, sickness in my body, folk talking about me. The Bible said for our light afflictions, which is what, but for a moment, working for us a far more exceeding. You see, when I don't really study the word of God, when I don't really understand the word of God in its proper context, I'll think that these things are happening just to defeat me. Oh, my God, it's just... Just, just beating me down, not understanding that God said these things are working something in you. It's producing something in you if you would just settle yourself long enough and allow the Holy Spirit to navigate, navigate you inside of it. You'll find out that on the other end of this is something awesome and great. But no, I want out of this because this is making me feel uncomfortable. This does not really make me feel good. I want out. So the Bible said our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worth of us a far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. What? While we look not at the things that are seen. Oh, but child, you don't know what I'm going through. <laughs> You don't know what I'm doing. Every morning I wake up, instead of rehearsing the word of God, I wake up every morning. Yeah, this is happening. And that's happening in my life. And before I go to job, they're going to be talking about me again. And God, this. And only thing we are focusing on are the negatives. If all I focus on are the negatives, I will cancel out the effect of the word of God. But he said, while we look not at the things that are seen. They didn't say the things that think they're gone. I can still see it. But that's not my focus. While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things what, that are not seen. What I don't see is much more powerful than what I see. See, we, this, this is the truth of God's word that we got to get in our spirits. What you don't see is much more powerful than what you see. But child, you know, I know there's pain. Child, I see it every day. I don't care what you see every day. I don't care what you're dealing with every day. What you can't see is much more powerful than what you see. All you got to do is settle yourself inside of the word of God and inside of the power of God and say, God, I give it to you. You said in your word that I'm to cast all of my cares upon you for what? You care for me. Come on. I don't see it. But God, I believe your word. And when we move there, we'll find ourselves moving progressively inside of the things that God had ordained for our lives. The word of God, saints of God, is the most powerful tool that we have for ministry and for growth. Let me repeat that. The word of God is probably the most powerful tool 
that we have for ministry. If you want to be effective ministers, get the word. Or you may learn the charismas and all of those kind of things. And, you, you know, it don't mean that you don't add your Greek and, you, you know, all of that's good. But if it's void of the word of God, I don't care how good you sound. I don't care how many Greek definitions that you got. If it's void of the word of God, it's not going to produce, amen, the fruit that God wants to produce. So the word of God is probably the most important uh, 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 fruit, uh, most important tool we have as ministers. And it's also one of the most important tools we have for growth. How many want to grow in God? If you want to grow in God, develop a love for the word of God. Peter was telling the church there in, I think it is 2 Peter, the third chapter, or the first chapter, first chapter, the third verse. He said, God has given us everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that had birthed us. But then he said, now in 2 Peter 1 and 2, he said, as newborn babes, what? Desire the sincere milk of the word. I'm not saying anybody here are newborn babes, okay? But as believers, desire the word of God. Come on. I'm not going to church today just to hear a good sermon. I'm going to hear the word of God. Desire the sincere milk of the word. Why? Because it'll help you grow. That you may grow thereby. But then now when I hear the word of God, what do I do with it? When I hear it, first of all, I got to develop a love for the word. I, 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 you know, I can have a love for the word as a minister, but that's only one side. If you don't have a love for the word of God as believers, then what I'm saying is just going over your head and you, it's almost like you're, you're picking, uh, that'll, that'll I pick over there. Uh, no, no, you got to have a, a desire for the word of God. I think Job said this. Job said, I esteemed your word, what, more than my necessary food. God, your word is awesome to me. Your word is powerful. I want your word. Jesus, when he was challenged by Satan in the garden, remember Luke 4 and 4, after Jesus, when Jesus was being tempted by the enemy in the wilderness, Jesus' first words to the devil was what? Man shall not live what, by bread alone, but what? By every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you don't get a hold of what God is saying, you'll find your life being swayed by situations and by circumstances. I wonder how many of us situations and circumstances have more power in our lives than the word. Come on. Oh, I, but if we live by the word of God, by every word 
that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word of God produces, amen, the will of God. We have to develop a desire for the word of God. And then now, after we hear the word of God, the Bible tells us in Luke the, uh, 7th chapter and the 24th verse, scripture that we know very well, it says, Therefore, <laughs> whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, you remember that scripture? So therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, get excited about it and walk away. No. So therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and what? Doeth them. Shabbat a word heard is not effective, but a word done or obeyed is where the results come. He said, therefore, whosoever hear these words of mine, these sayings of mine, and do them, and do them. He said, you will be likened unto a man that built his house upon a rock. When the winds came, the cares of this life come and situations come and tried to bombard you from every side. He said, because of the fact that you heard them and done them, now you will be able to stand. Why is it you have, we have so many folk in the church that whenever things go wrong, my God, you can't find them or they come to church depressed and all bent out of shape. Why? It's because they're not hearing and, and walking in the word. Come on. We got to walk in the word. The Bible said, he that hear these saying, James said this, and, 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 and it's like looking at themselves in the mirror and, and walk away and immediately forget what manner of man is. They're the one to hear and not do it. But if you want to experience the result of a believer that is honoring God and enjoying the fruit of a believer, you got to hear and you got to do it. You got to put it in your God. I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going I'm to do that. God, I know your word says that. I'm going to do it. Let me show you this. <laughs> I, I got. I got to close. I got to close. You know what the uh, uh, the Bible tells us in Acts the eleventh chapter, Acts the seventeenth chapter, and the eleventh verse. They said there was a group of folk. We, we talked about them before. A group of folk called the Bereans. Okay, and the Bible said they were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Okay, you had a, got a whole book to preach the. Thessalonians, but Thessalonians. But he said, now these folk, these Bereans were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Why? In that what? They received the word <laughs> with all readiness of mind. Oh, yes, that's it. But what it said now, they didn't only receive it, but now they searched the scriptures how often? Daily. Now, listen, listen now, I, I needed to see something. This was Paul teaching. And we all, all theologians and Bible doctors and all of that, have identified Paul as being one of the greatest teachers of all times. Now, these are folk that were hearing Paul's teaching. But the Bible said they received it with readiness of mind, 
but they still went home and searched the scriptures. I don't care how good a preacher you may deem me to be or anybody else. If you don't find time and you go home and search the scriptures for yourself, it's not going to take the route that it's designed to take. They went home and they searched the scriptures. They spent time in the word of God. They spent time looking inside the scriptures and, 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 and allowing the scriptures to get in their hearts. You got to give yourself over to the word. You got to give yourself over to it, dog. Again, I don't care how well somebody can preach. You can turn online. You can go online. And you can hear any kind of preaching now that you want to hear. And you got a lot of folk out that's preaching some awesome word, y'all. But if you don't give yourself over to the word of God, all it's doing is tickling your fancy and not producing the fruit that it's designed to produce. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved. That's not just the preacher. That's not just for the preacher. We think that's for the preacher, no. That study to show thyself approved that you too. How many want to be approved unto God? It says study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. Rightly dividing the word of God is not just preaching the word of God. <laughs> but when I'm faced situations in my life, I got to be able to rightly divide the word. Come on. I got to know really what God is saying inside of this situation that I'm dealing with. That means sometimes I got to go beyond the preaching. I got to get in that word and study myself. God, what is it that you're saying? Because I don't know what I'm going to face on this week. And when that situations come, I want to be able to have a rightly divided word to apply to the situations in my life. The devil has challenged the word. You can go ahead and start. The devil has challenged the word. But I want us to realize this. That as believers. The word of God is. One of the most important tools. That you will ever receive. But it's what you do with the word of God. Is what matters. Take the word of God. Hide it in your heart. That word is a lamp unto my feet. A light unto my pathway. The entrance of the word giveth light. establishes boundaries for our movement. I know as I study the word of God, when I step outside of the boundaries of the word, I know that I'm off course. But I don't know that if I don't spend time in the word of God. And I'll share this with you as I close. A believer 
that does not spend individual time in the word is vulnerable for anything that comes along. Come on. A believer that does not spend individual time in the word. You're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to misrepresented teaching. The Bible talks about it. The Bible talks about it when he talked about uh, in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and that talked about it put some apostles, prophets, all of that in the church for the building up of the body of Christ. Why? That we, the believers, the body of Christ, will not be tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Don't you realize that this place here, this pulpit here, can be the best thing or the worst thing for you? But if you are not one that studies the word of God for yourself, I can stand behind this pulpit and get you to believe almost anything that I want you to believe in order to fulfill my agendas. Come on. We are vulnerable. But a believer that studies the word of God and spend time in the word of God, when something that's coming that's not in alignment with the word of God, automatic the Holy Spirit puts up a red flag. Hmm, that's 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 not that's not in alignment. Let me, let me in fact let me go home and let me let me study that. Because I have a responsibility for what I take in. You don't go to a restaurant and let folk feed you anything. Whatever they put before you. No, 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 no. It don't smell good. It don't look good. No, I, I, don't, I don't want that. Mm -mm. Stand to your feet. Satan's attack on the word. He's not as concerned about you as he is about the word that you're hearing. He'll let you have everything you want as long as you're not embracing the word of God. In fact, he'll give you stuff. He'll give you stuff as long as he may be. No, he's going to take you off course. So I give him, let, she want a new house? I give her a new house. She want a new car? I, she want a, 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 a raise on her job? I'll give her that. Because I know it's going to take them off course. His focus is on the word that you're receiving. There's purpose in our hearts that we're going to give ourselves over to the word of God. We're going to spend time in the word. We're going to endeavor to walk in the word of God so that our lives can produce the fruit that the word of God is designed to produce to sow a soul's seed for the time of harvest. God have a time of harvest for every one of us. So he's allowing seed to be sown into our lives for the harvest make sure that our hearts are positioned to hear receive and obey 
the word of God. Father, we bless you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you have allowed us to peep into Satan's strategies. I pray, God, right now, Lord, that you will cause us to embrace your truth, even as it relates to the word of God. Mm. That we will be like Job that said, I esteem thy word more than my necessary food. That we will be like the Bereans, God, that will spend time in the word and study to ensure that what we are hearing is in alignment with your will. Mm. That we will be like the one God that built his house upon the rock that heard and obeyed. Father, we ask you right now, God, that you would forgive us, Lord, for wherein we have not attended to your word like we should. That we've, Lord, downplayed the importance and the effectiveness of your word. But I pray right now, God, by Jesus Christ, by Jesus Christ, that everyone that have heard this word on today would embrace a different mentality concerning the Yashaka, concerning your word. We are not going any further in you than the word we embrace. Mm. I pray right now, God, that you will cause our hearts, Lord, to embrace your truth as David said thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you oh God help us Lord help us Lord give ourselves over to your word that we will not be lazy as relates to spending time in your word you said study you told Joshua that he should meditate on the word, spend time. I pray, God, that you would help us right now to give ourselves over, to believe your word, to walk in your word, and that that word would challenge everything in us that's contrary to your will. I want you to lift your hands to him right now. Lift your hands to him. And say, Lord, come on, say, Lord, I thank you for your word. And right now, I'm surrendering to your word. Help me, Lord, to comprehend and understand your word so that I can walk according to your will. Thank you for it right now, Lord. Thank you for it right now. Strengthen me, Lord. Strengthen me, Lord. I bless you for it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Come on, put those hands together for the Lord, everyone. Give him a praise. Give him a praise. Amen. You may be seated. We thank God for the word of God on today. I trust that you all heard God. I trust that you hear God on today and that you've made some decisions that you're going to give yourself over to the word of God. The devil will play with you, y'all. The 
devil will play with you. He'll play with you and then he'll laugh at you. Come on. But the thing that we have is the word of God. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. The word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Come on. The word of God is a weapon that we have to fight against the enemy that comes to challenge our minds, to challenge our emotions. The word of God. I remember when I was growing up in the church, my grandma used to sing this song, get in the word and stay there. Be ready when Jesus come. Let's make sure that we get in the word. Amen. 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 Okay, well, I'll talk to my online audience. Amen, y'all. Amen. These folk here, they're not saying anything. Amen. Amen, y'all. Amen. Praise God. We thank God for his word. I trust that I'm put in a place that I teach you all nothing but the word of God. It doesn't mean that there are not other things that you teach inside of the word, but it's all inside of the boundaries of the word. Come on. I don't ever want to get to the place that I'm caught up more with getting you excited or satisfying your emotions than teaching you the word of God. Amen. We know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.